Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Welcome to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. The topic in this series is on digital assets and the future of taxation. In this episode, we'll cover the latest developments in the cryptocurrency space, regulation, and the Board of Taxation's review of the tax treatment of digital assets and transactions. Hello, I'm your host, Peter Zing, covering emerging technologies for KPMG's deals, tax, and legal business, and I'm joined by Julian Humphrey, KPMG partner in corporate tax. It's a pleasure to have you, Julian. It's a pleasure to be here, Peter, and talking about digital assets once again. What a saga it's been. I mean, at the time of recording, this is literally the weekend where we've been keeping up with the latest in crypto exchanges, the FTX saga. I mean, we're talking about a Chapter 11 bankruptcy of the second biggest crypto exchange globally. And, you know, it just goes to show what's going on. I mean, what is this cryptocurrency space meant to be doing when you have these centralized actors that's doing something different? Oh, Peter, that that's definitely the case. And, you know, whilst we've got things like FTX happening and all the um, the volatility in the markets, we're still really a long way behind in understanding um, and, and our thinking around the taxation of these assets. FTX, for those that you know aren't familiar with those terms around centralised exchanges and decentralised exchanges, it is a central body. So essentially, your transactions in this crypto exchange are still done on a database. So entries are done on debits and credits. And it seems to come to light recently that these transactions are actually kept in a spreadsheet as a backdoor to the database. So a lot of uh, volatility in the market. So, you know, I think the ATO will be looking out for those crypto losses that are coming up. But let's firstly cover, you know, what's happening in the current state of play of the taxation of cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, Pete, at the moment, there's there's a couple of things that are happening. Um, first of all, the Board of Tax is running a process um, and has terms of reference from the government to look at um, a framework, a taxation framework for um, digital assets and digital currencies. At the same time, we've got Treasury running a token mapping exercise. Um, That token mapping exercise probably more focused on um, investor protection and consumer protection type issues, um, but still very relevant for um, for tax. And then at a global level, we've got the OECD doing a bunch of work around tax reporting, um, extending the, the sort of CRS reporting requirements across to, to digital assets as well. And do you think, in your view, the regulation is keeping pace with developments that's happening? I mean, of course, in the consumers, consumer protection, a lot of people, including FTX Australia, those that put their money in there, would have been suffering. Yeah. So, I, I, look, I don't think it's it's. I, I don't think we can say we're keeping pace with it in any way, shape, or form. Right. If I think about where the tax office is is currently at, you know, the tax office would say they're they're working really hard to give individual investors um, guidance around the treatment of digital assets and they have a lot of information on their website. But that the tax treatment of those assets really stems from views they took of Bitcoin back in 2014. 
and they continue to um, roll out those views across the spectrum of digital assets. And really that you, you know, doesn't work when you're getting comments like um, NFTs are the same as Bitcoin and therefore our Bitcoin guidance applies to them. I mean, that's just clearly not the case. Yeah, and is that sort of lack of clarity in regulation mean that you know, it's driving Australian businesses overseas in the meantime? I mean, I think I think that's right. The the guidance that we do have is around um, the in, I'll call it the individual investors, right? What we do have a, a real void around um, guidance as to how the tax law applies to people who are trying to. Um, run a collective investment vehicle, so to have some sort of crypto fund, um, those that might um, want to invest in crypto as part of a, a business, so does it fall within the, the, the TOFA rules. Um, there's just a, a, a real um, white space when it comes to um, anything other than individuals holding digital assets at this point. Yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting to see how, you know, globally the jurisdiction, I think, will be an accelerating pace now. I mean, let's just take us all back and uh, maybe we just touch on current cryptocurrencies, NFTs, decentralized finance or DeFi and DAOs. Maybe explain to the audience um, what some of these are and what that sort of tax implications are right now in the current regulatory regime. Yeah, well, well certainly, um, Pete, if, uh, I'm not going to try and explain um, all of the... The, the sort of elements that we that, that that you've just mentioned, but certainly when it comes to digital assets, the current state of play very much um, or, or from the tax office is that these assets are held on capital account, right? Um, so what that really means for at least individual investors is that if you hold the asset for more than 12 months and you make a gain, you can get access to the CGT discount. But really the reason I think they're pushing the capital line is because it means that losses are quarantined um, and can only be offset against other um, other capital gains. So that, that would be sort of the first thing that I'd say around um, the, the taxation, taxation treatment at the moment, that there's this real push for it to be on capital account. Um, the second is that the ATO's um, guidance is really limiting the personal use asset exemption that sits within, um, within the tax rules. So originally when the guidance came out in 2014, um, there was probably greater personal use of, of Bitcoin and these cryptocurrencies um, as they become more mainstream as an investment for individuals. Um, we've seen that personal use asset exemption really be peeled back. And probably the final um, thing I'd say around the tax office guidance at the moment is that it's moving towards there being more taxing events than less. So, for example, they've said if you've got a digital asset and you wrap that digital asset, then that represents a disposal of what you had before and an acquisition of the, um, the wrapped asset and that that can be a taxing event. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that that... Um, 
most tax professionals would agree with that position. For those that don't know, you know, wrapping of, say, something like a Bitcoin, it's so that it could put onto the, say, Ethereum blockchain. So you can allow smart contracts, which Bitcoin currently does not support. So wrapping that digital asset is currently viewed as a disposal by the ATO. Yep. And and I like to, you know, in the case of wrapping, I like to give the example of um, creating a depository receipt over a share. So if I have a share um, and I put that into a an arrangement where it has it it's represented by a depository receipt, that wouldn't be seen as a disposal of my underlying interest in that share. So why does wrapping Bitcoin in that example, Peter, result in a disposal of the Bitcoin and an acquisition of the the wrapped Bitcoin? And there's a similar sort of misalignment as well, say around staking. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's the case as well. Um, you know when we look at the CGT rules, um, you don't have a, where you have a transfer of a, a CGT asset for the purposes of either providing or redeeming a security, then that transfer is disregarded. So there are a number of examples um, of staking where what you're doing is you're transferring your ownership of the digital asset um, into a in, into a pool or into another um, address for the purposes of securing your obligations um, around, um, say, a proof of stake type concept, right? And we'd probably look at that and say, um, I haven't disposed of my beneficial ownership of that asset. That transfers occurred for the purposes of securing my obligations, and it should be. Um, disregarded under the CGT rules, but that doesn't seem to be um, the view that the tax office has um, has put out. Yeah, that's right. And, and similar concepts around earning interest on your stake rewards, you know, airdropping of stakes. It's just sort of, you know, a lot of people coming up to tax season would be very confused and, uh, you know, without the guidance from the ATO. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the things, if, if I think about what do people in in tax season really need. They need some certainty around um, the treatment of these assets. Um, you know, one one thing you could say as well, there is a lot of guidance out there um, from the tax office and and if you rely on that, then, then probably there is some certainty, even if, um, say, I might not agree with it. The problem we've seen there is that even that, that, that guidance that's being provided by the tax office is on their website and it's being updated on a reasonably regular basis and it changes and you know that web guidance is not legally binding on them um, and there's not a a process of um, easily keeping track of what is changing in that guidance and you know they they changed um, they put out um, something in September on airdrops or, or it changed on their website. And so, you know, if you had lodged a tax return in July or August before that guidance came out and you were following the old guidance, um, what does that now mean? Did you not take the right view? Do you need to amend your return? Um, so that's reasonably um, unsatisfactory. Probably another element is this lack of um, sort of pre-fill. So particularly when it comes to um, individuals and investment income, 
there's, there's a very significant reliance placed on pre-fill information that's made available um, to taxpayers and, and tax agents um, by the investment bodies and, and the investments that are paying interest, paying dividends, um, and even the, the um, share transactions on, on the stock exchange. So all of that information then um, is made available for the purposes of preparing tax returns. What we don't have at the moment is a similar mechanism for um, the ability to capture and pre-fill those, um, those transactions, the digital asset transactions in the tax return. The pre-fill is really interesting because we know the technology is there. You know, we've got software providers on crypto tax, like Crypto Tax Calculator, Coinly, and KPMG has got our crypto tax estimator as well with Independent Reserve. We know that these APIs provided by the crypto exchanges are available to access by users through these platforms, and they can also include things like their DeFi wallets or their MetaMask wallets to integrate all the transactions on the blockchain. And that's what's one of the beauties around blockchain because all the transactions are there if it's done on chain and the APIs are there. So what's stopping the ATO from looking to use this as a prefill? You know, that's exactly right. One of the things that, you know, people always say to me is, well, you know, particularly those crypto native businesses that we deal with is they say, look, anybody can go and look at the money that we've made or the coin that we've we, we've got through our business because the blockchains are all publicly available. You've just got to go and, and interrogate them, right? Um, but to your point, Pete, I mean, I think those tax calculators play a really important role in, um, in compliance and in the tax system. Um, the difficulty, though, you've got, say, as a tax agent is your obligations under the Tax Agent Services Act. Um, and there's a real question at the moment as to, as a tax agent, can I rely on the reports that come out of Coinly, um, the tax calculators, et cetera, right? And how does that fit? So, you know, again, another element of what it would be really good to see here is some sort of um, certification or or registration of those tools. Um, you know, I've, I've heard it said, well, that depends on the investors giving us all of their wallet addresses. If they choose not to, you know, if they give me one wallet address but not the other, then those reports are incomplete. But, um, you know, I, I don't see that as being a failing in the system that's, you know, if taxpayers are doing the right thing, using them properly, then I think they're really important to the, to the compliance process. Yeah, definitely. And the more guidance, the better. Otherwise, you know, others would actually just rely on those you know, crypto tax software reports and just, you know, just hit submit with the ATO. That's one of the things that uh, we'll be looking out for as well. Um, and uh, leading to all this, you know, on-chain technologies, we've seen the RBA also piloting, looking to pilot a central bank digital currencies. Uh, following the report, and this might happen in early next year with the findings to be coming out mid next year. Uh, what are your thoughts on this impact as well on the future of taxation? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, probably the one thing we do have some certainty around, or at least it's, it's going to be here shortly, is um, that central bank issued digital currencies will be treated as a foreign currency. So they'll be treated like the equivalent um, fiat. Um, it's it's perhaps a little less clear where you've got stable coins um, that are not central bank issued or um, authorised by 
um, particular states. That that one will be a bit. In, uh, uh, it's a little more complex, but certainly central bank issued digital currencies that are a replica of of their fiat. I think um, I think that's one area where we do have some certainty. It's just not a very big piece of the um, a very big piece of the spectrum. Definitely take away a lot of the um, sort of the uncertainty around the treatment. Um, so you know, this is uh, there's definitely a lot of developments in the cryptocurrency space. You can tell, you know, from the last time we did this three years ago, a lot has happened with ANZ stablecoin and also what's happening right now in the regulatory space all around the world. So this will definitely be a series we'll be keeping up to. Um, you know, in closing, any closing remarks? Oh, look, I think. Um Peter, you know, one of the things we really need to make sure as we move forward around um, regulatory regime is that we have sort of what I call horizontal consistency so that um, when it comes to the token mapping exercise and, and bucketing digital assets into sort of different buckets, is really making sure that we're consistent about how we do that across consumer protection, investor protection, um, AML, KYC, as well as tax. What we can't be having is needing to categorise digital assets using different rules for all these different things. Um, And then having an element of sort of vertical consistency as well, so that to the extent that the OECD is doing um, work around um, reporting and and the CRS extension that again there's alignment with that because um, in the absence of that um, one of the you know one of the key things around digital assets is this sort of um, this low cost um, light touch approach and if we put a whole lot of really difficult regulation around it, we'll just stifle it, right? Thank you, Julian. That's Julian Humphrey, Corporate Tax Partner in KPMG. And I'm Peter Zing, Emerging Technologies for Deals Tax and Legal. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more, put TaxNow on your favourite search engine. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG TaxNow podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page KPMG Tax Now Insights for regular updates. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.